Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, an award-winning podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your co-host, Jen Amos, also a veteran spouse and gold star daughter. And of course, as always, I have with me my co-host, Jenny Lynch-Droop, who is a mental health advocate, a seasoned military spouse, as well as mom of two. Jenny Lynn, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here today. Yes, yes. And I can't wait as the days get closer of you to come over here to Virginia and to <laughs> finally be reunited. <laughs> Um, real life friends instead yes, of Zoom. Like, yeah, real life friends for sure. For sure. Yeah. Although I feel like it was normal back in the day. Like I used to have like online friends, but anyway, that's a conversation for another time. We're really excited because I feel like the more I do the show, the more I represent Virginia because we are very much in Virginia today. Let me go ahead and bring on my guests, starting with Mark Casper, who is a veteran and executive director of Tech for Troops. Also a proud grandpa of two beautiful girls. I think he felt like it was very important to mention that. So I had to mention it because it was in the notes. And his joy in life is to spend time with his wife and best friend of 35 years. To be quite honest, I'm not even 35 years old. So that is incredible to be with someone for that long. So congratulations. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I, I deeply appreciate all that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And of course, we also have with us a longtime friend of 20 years, Lisa yep. Houston who is the founder and chief executive officer at Zen Encouragement Coaching, also a co-author and a transformational life coach serving veterans and their families. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, I know that we talked on the phone like probably weeks, if not months ago at this point. I just thought like after a while, I was contemplating about like how I talked to you two individually and just how highly you spoke about each other. And so I thought like, hey, let's bring them both on the show because you know, you two are longtime friends as well as, and you also are collaborating together to do good work for our veterans and their families. So Mark, let's go ahead and start with you. For people that are hearing about Tech for Troops for the first time, what is this amazing nonprofit about? And yeah, tell us a little bit about the nonprofit and what you do there. Sure. So right now we're based in Richmond, Virginia, looking to expand across the nation to help more veterans. And what we do is we receive computers, use tech, and we refurbish it and we give it to an in-need veteran in the family. So we support the vet, male or female, doesn't make a difference, and the wife, the spouse, so they can get a job or help support the vet and as well as the child. It makes perfect sense to do the whole family because if one person, I've, I've had this issue where the, the one person who owns the computer has to schedule time to be able to do their schoolwork or get their stuff done and then the kids get to do their stuff. So of course, the mother, and it was a mom, was going to bed much later than she really should have been. So it made perfect sense to give her a couple of computers to get her kids online so they can finish her schoolwork. So we do that. We help out with computers. And then we also recycle. We've recycled almost 480 tons in five years, going on six years now. Wow. And it's important because, as you mentioned, a granddad, I want to leave the world a better place for my grandkids and future grandkids and everybody else's grandkids, right? Their, their kids. So we do that as well. Yeah. I really like that you also help the family because I think for me, my initial assumption, you know, was focusing on the veterans specifically. But one thing I like to advocate for on the show are the families, you know, the, our silent warriors. So I just love that 
is already included, you know, in what you do. Yeah, I look at it this way, that if the warfighter is going away and they're, they're leaving for six months and there's only one computer and mom can only do one thing, and if it breaks down, oh my God, they're in a world of hurt and they might not be able to afford to buy a new computer. So if you have two in the house, if you have three in the house, you're able to do a whole lot more and work a whole lot better than if you didn't have those extra computers, extra, you see my air quotes, extra computers in there. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know, how have people been able to come across Tech for Troops? I imagine now it's kind of become like a word of mouth. And I know that, you know, you are involved in Synapse as well, but maybe talk about like the early stages or when you got involved of like, how do you create awareness of this? Because I think that more veterans and families should know about this. Uh, So when I first started, when I walked in the door, I was asked to be on the board. I have my own IT company. When I was asked to be on the board, I I walked in the door and quite literally, I knew I was home. My head exploded, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, lightning bolts and all the sunshine, everything. I was just, I'm home. (laughs) And took the tour and the the founder looked at me and said, you want to be executive director? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And we had (laughs) 750 square feet, saw 750 square feet. Mm-hmm. And went home to my wife, my, my beautiful wife, and said, hey, babe, guess what? I'm, I'm starting a new job. And she was like, what? You're doing what? And you've never done a nonprofit before. And I'm like, yeah, no. So at that point, we really had, we had nothing. I didn't know mm-hmm. we had nothing, right? I wasn't sure exactly how a nonprofit worked, how Tech the Troop worked. And the awareness was not there. There had been a couple of newspaper articles or on the TV once or twice, and that was it. So my goal has been and still is create awareness across the country. And we're doing that. We have a, a marketing plan now. We're sponsored by a TV station. We have radio as well now. Mm. Um, we're working towards the internet, but that's one of those funky things. You have to go to the right web page to buy the right thing and all that kind of, I don't, I'm not sure how to do that. Yeah, um, I know people who don't know how to do that. And that's, that's the good thing about it. Mm-hmm. But creating the awareness and getting people to talk to us, that actually a lot of it came from the VA. So mm-hmm. we've been showcased in the VA through their internal communications to all their employees, all 180 plus thousand of them, multiple times to tell Mm -hmm. folks about Tech for Troops and what we do. So we've got a lot from that. And then after that, it's just reaching out to various organizations like Mission Continues and others and Team Red, White and Blue and others and just saying, here's who we are. You guys want to partner together to help out our veterans and their families. And usually it's a yes. Yeah. Uh, not all the time, as you can well imagine, but usually it's a yes. So that's how we're creating awareness and creating the demand for tech for troops and what we do. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Mark. Really good to know. You know, Mark, I imagine like on the surface, it's like, yes, this is what you do. Like we offer, you know, these refurbished computers to these families and to the veterans and we give them IT skills and we help give them opportunities. I mean, I think it's very common knowledge that veterans, when they transition out, it's a hard time. It's a really difficult time. And so tell me maybe about the impact of working, you know, with these veterans and families and helping them, you know, kind of reinvent themselves. Yeah. So in Richmond, in our area, it's required that the veteran comes in and shows us they know how to use a computer. When I first started, we had, I had people calling me and saying, hey, I saw your computer in the pawn shop. So the vet would get it, go pawn it off for 15, 20 bucks and then do whatever. So we said, no, no more. Let's start education. And standing in front of these men and women who served our country truly is humbling because I could have been in their place if it wasn't for my beautiful wife. Right. She's the one who helped support us and, and guided me and did everything really that pushed me in the right direction. Got to get an education. You got to do this. You got to do that. And always let me do my own thing. But at the same time. So not everybody has that. And that's a bad thing. But we're there for those vets who are in front of us. And I literally get up in front of them and I talk to them as if we're still in the military. So there's mm-hmm. things, as you all know, you can say to somebody 
that you served with or did boot camp, we all have the same sort of experiences when it comes to that. So I can say things to them that they understand. And I tell them, this is a tool. It's going to change your life if you want it to change your life for the better. You can apply for jobs and get a better job and all those things. Get your VA benefits if you don't have that. So I've seen it. There's a vet named Marshall. He was alcoholic. Street mm. corner. You can see, you know, the sign. He's on the street corner. I'm not begging you money. Living in an abandoned building, actually. So no heat, no air conditioning, wow. no nothing. And he wanted to die. He, he literally was like, Mark, I, I don't care. I'd rather die. have God kill me. And he yeah. got somehow got sober in the VA. And they said, you've got to go to Tech for Truth to get a computer. So he did. And he didn't want to, but he did because he's like, I know computers, I can do that. But when he got here, we actually taught him a few things he didn't know. Mm. And one of the cool things, weird things, fun things, is that he left the computer and didn't take one with him. We all thought he did, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't need it. I can make this on my own. Got himself a job before COVID. Got fired during COVID. Got Uh another job through Tech for Troops because I got him in with another company. He left that company for another company. Came back and said, Mark, I do need a computer now. Can I get one? Absolutely, you can have one. And guess what? I got a text earlier this week saying I bought a car. And his next goal is a house. And if uh-huh. that doesn't warm your soul in your heart, then, okay. you know, we got to talk to somebody about getting a blowtorch on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so powerful. You know, taking these veterans, you know, from a place of almost hopelessness, you know, for lack of a better term, to a place of being hopeful and yep. wanting to live a life of purpose and everything. So that's just such a beautiful story. And I'm sure that's one of many stories that you have it, to share. It is. But he's the one, I mean, literally, I got a text from like, Mark, I bought a car. And I'm like, oh. Um, yes. Yay. Happy. Right. I just didn't want to like throw any expletives out or anything. So military friendly show. It's a very military friendly show, but at the same time, there's probably a child out there listening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that'd be funny if we had like, I mean, I'd be very pleasantly surprised if a child was listening to the show. I I just feel like kids don't know about podcasting yet. Like I really don't know, but you never know. You never know. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do mark every episode as explicit though. So people know, you know, oh, like if any, if anyone I, slips a word of, or of sorts, it's like, Hey, I, I can, I can see both Jenny and Lisa dropping them now. They're just <laughs> going to be going to town. Mm-hmm. My husband is a sailor. I'm yeah. just gonna- I was a Marine. I got him beat a little bit. <laughs> I really love that. Thank you for sharing that. That story was so heartwarming. And I guess my question is, You're based in Richmond, which I don't think many people would think of as a like vet centric area. You know, I work for a military nonprofit, too, and we are, you know, housed in San Diego because there are bases here and also many veterans. So, like, how did it come about in central Virginia to, you know, get this tech for troops off the ground? So the founder's son had a friend who went to Afghanistan. He was a Marine and he came back and he couldn't find a job. So he's sleeping on the couch. And that literally was the impetus to getting him a computer so he could find a job. Mm. And that started from there, you know, the garage or the the kitchen table, the garage storage unit. And then now we had 750 square foot when I started. Now we have 7,000. And that's why we're looking for expansion across the nation. I do want San Diego eventually, but, you know, it'll be Dallas and and, Mm. and Tampa, St. Pete, et cetera. All those places that there are strong veteran communities. Mm Yeah. I thought I'd just check in with Lisa. Lisa has been patiently waiting to speak up. So I was just curious if you had any thoughts to say about tech for troops or just how amazing Mark is in general. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, keep all... Uh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> so 
I tell you, when I met Mark about 20 years ago, he was just a really nice guy and we worked at the same company and we hung out here and there and I thought he was a great guy to begin with. And then when he started working with Tech for Troops, I realized the depth of his compassion. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it a couple of times when he was starting there and, you know, it was a little rough at first, but he had a passion to make this something real and huge. I mean, as you can tell, he's grown it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And also because of his passion for helping veterans, he ended up getting me involved because of the fact that, you know, I had very traumatic horseback riding accident. And at the beginning, I was in a wheelchair and I was really feeling sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. And so he helped support me through some of that. And also he asked me if I wanted to volunteer. And I was all wrapped up in my stuff, you know, my pain and things like that. And he got me out to Lonesome Dove Equestrian Center, which is equine therapy for veterans, because I know about horses. And I told him, I don't know anything about veterans. He said, that's okay. (laughs) They need people to help with horses. And when I got there, I was so humbled working with the veterans. I loved their energy and they were just so bold about everything, you know, and they weren't feeling sorry for themselves, even if they had really traumatic injuries. And that taught me a lot, you know, because here I was sitting at home feeling sorry for myself, thinking, you know, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And so that being able to go there and help them just, you know, the little bit that I could do at that time was so humbling to me and just opened up my heart to really the veterans and how Mm -hmm. strong they were. And I just wanted to spend more time with them. And they kept thanking me for being there and volunteering. And I was thanking them for helping me overcome my trauma. Mm -hmm. And they were just so selfless and supportive, you know, as Mark has been to me. And I was just so hooked on it. You know, I just loved it. I love spending time with them. I love hearing some of their stories and how they overcame these, you know, huge obstacles. And so it really sparked in me a passion to help people. Mm -hmm. The job that I was in at the time, I wasn't really thrilled with. However, there were some great things (laughs) that I liked about it. So I sat down and thought, okay, so, you know, what is it about my job that I really enjoy? Mm -hmm. And it was helping people. And that's how I ended up getting into coaching And because of my passion to help veterans, that's how I ended up, you know, taking this path and helping Tech for Troops and partnering with them. Yeah. Mark, how does it feel to hear all that? It's like the biggest compliment ever. (laughs) Yeah, that uh, honestly, and I'm sort of glad we're not on video because we're not going to be doing that. We're not being, yes, we are recorded, Jen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I promise we won't do that. It's all recorded. I promise. Lisa has been a true friend through the last 20 years. You know, there are times that I'd fallen into the depths, especially when I first was at Tech for Troops and I had no idea which way was up because there was no money. There was no nothing. I had no idea what to do. I mean, it's a nonprofit, but she always had good words to say and support and all of that. And, you know, that coupled with my family and my wife and my two daughters, 
always buoyed me, always brought me back up to the top or in the middle of the river that I could breathe again. Mm. And there were some seriously deep times, deep, deep times where I never thought I'd make it. And that was figuratively and literally because of I was putting in, especially in the beginning. So untold story here I mean, from the beginning, when I started December 17th, when I was hired 2015, I truly started in February because I was on my own company and I'm shutting it down. I'm doing all those things that other people have to do. But then the first week I was there, my mom died. Now oh, I'm, wow. I'm very lucky in that I got to say goodbye to her. I saw her the weekend before she passed. I was able to say goodbye. I love you, mom. Thursday, she passed. So Friday morning, I'm flying up to Dallas and I spent a couple of weeks with my dad. So really, I didn't start until March. Wow. And then come late April, I'm told we're out of money. We're going to shut down. And I'm like, oh, no. A couple of choice words there and fought with the founder. I mean, not in a bad way, not like publicly and all that kind of stuff, but it was just like I, I, I was working 18 hour days plus just for every dime, nickel, and penny. You know, we made it. September, she said to either take it over or shut it down. I said, I'm taking it over. And an extremely aggressive pathway to assuming control. She made it in a month. Instead of a six month time frame, it was a month. And mm. I, I don't know why, but gut level feeling is didn't think I could do it. The other part was, I can't even hypothesize. But October 6th, everything was done. It was in my name. And from then on, we've been jumping. I mean, it's just been growing. And yeah. we're at 7,000 square feet from 2017 to 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is miraculous in and of itself. So when Lisa says what she says about me, I appreciate I owe you. <laughs> I owe you. That's not the way friendship works, Mark. No, but I always pay for lunch and you know that. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I try to. She always says, you pay less. I'm like, no, no, I did not. You did. No, 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 I did. Uh, you fight about who's going to pay for lunch whenever do, you go to lunch. I was going to say, like, Mark will give you a check later, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. What a beautiful story. And thank you, Mark, for sharing that. I think the most established nonprofits come from just so much conviction or even a place from pain, you know, and just learning to rechannel that for something good. And despite your tragic loss, it's like you came back and you came back strong. (laughs) You know, that sounded like a really epic year for you, to say the least. It was. It was probably the most trying year of my life. It was, when I say figurative and literally, I didn't know if I was going to make it. That was physically, I had, I was up to probably 97% loss of energy. Mm. I mean, it was, was, it was brutal. It was brutal. And I'd get up in the morning and go, do it again. Happy, happy. And, you know, keep going. But there were times I really thought I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought I'd check in with Jenny Lynn. Any thoughts? Yes, I think the military veteran spirit is strong. That's what I heard in your story. You know, being an active duty military family member myself, I completely know that your drive and determination comes from your time in the service as I've watched, you know, my own husband and friends just give it all they've got and continue to go, this is a season, but the season seems to last all 20 years of service (laughs) and then some, you know, and and I appreciate your candidness on talking about how difficult it was. You know, like I said earlier, I work for a military nonprofit and which was founded on really good principles of getting people the mental health help they need. And the reason I do what I do is because I have that same level of drive about military families because my military family has benefited from really good mental health care that was really needed in our house. And so, you know, thank you for your stick to it and stick to itness. <laughs> so we're today. 
Yeah. I'm a writer. Make that up, right? You know, thank you for that. And, you know, to see the mission through for folks that really do benefit from your services. I mean, it is needed. And I guess I want to ask, like, my assumption is, but I don't want to assume that without asking is, do you guys also, I mean, I know you're a veteran, but do you employ other veterans now to help with the services? Easy, customizable, and delicious. Mixology isn't just for exclusive cocktail lounges anymore, thanks to Jab Mixology, which is actually run by a military spouse, Christy Lawler, who is also a guest on our show. You can learn more about her by checking out episode 40 of Holding Down the Fort back in May 2015-2020. Wow, that was a while ago. (laughs) All right, anyway. The Jab Mixology blends are as unique to each other as our customers' individual tastes. Pick your favorite blend, pour the mix into the jar, and add your favorite spirit, and in two hours, you have an aromatic cocktail base that elevates beautifully with your favorite mixer. So their proprietary three-piece strainer lid system allows for perfect infusions and strains, and spirit leaving the sediment in the jar where it belongs. Best of all, there is no bartending experience required. One thing I really like about this, what JAB actually stands for, J-A-B, is to just add booze. (laughs) Of course, if you want to make tea as well, that is also an option. So if you are interested in making homemade cocktails or tea for yourself, visit jabmixology.com. That's J-A-B as in just add booze, mixology.com. And use promo code THEFORT, which is spelled T-H-E-F-O-R-T at checkout for a free single refill of every Jab jar. Once again, when you visit jabmixology.com, use the promo code THEFORT at checkout for a free single refill for every Jab jar. Thank you, Christy, so much for this special promo for our listeners here at Holding Down the Fort. Absolutely. So we have a couple of non-veterans. We get in a lot of stuff, a lot of electronics. There's four things we don't accept, but a bunch of stuff we do accept. And a lot of it's, we flip it as we put it on online sales so we can support ourselves, right? Mm. Because as I'm sure you know, and working in a veteran nonprofit, or I know Lisa knows through Lonesome Dove and Jen, I'm sure you've been affiliated with a nonprofit as well. There's a lot of people who love to say, yeah, 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 I'll support that. Absolutely. And then the moment they turn their back, not that they turn their back, they forget. Mm. Or they're like, yeah, right. I didn't really mean that, but I'm just going to go my own way. So we have to support ourselves in some way. And so we use online sales to do that. And there's all that stuff that comes in has to be triaged. So we got a couple of folks who help out that are not vets, but mainly it is vets. And our goal is to hire vets, get them the skill sets that they need for IT support, work in IT, and then gently fire them with a job. So I know a bunch of companies... And I'll send them resumes. I'm like, hey, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, they need jobs. And how can we get them a job? And I try to push them out to get them a job. And we're pretty successful with that. One of my guys is at the Pentagon now. Mm. Another one's at the Network Operations Center at Fort Lee. And another one's at an international insurance company called Markel. So, you know, and then there's others who I try and there's just nothing you can do for them. They Mm. don't have that drive to make it, but I do the best I can. And I want to give every vet the opportunity. And if I'm on LinkedIn or other social, I don't do a whole lot of other social media. And somebody's like a vet looking for a job 
I'll flip them to somebody. Like I saw a guy today, he's in Wisconsin, a vet looking for a job. I'm, I know people up there, boom, send them up to those folks, right? Did I do it? Not really. Did I have, I just had a small part to play. So I, I look at it that way, that we're, we're a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And it comes from, because my wife's a military spouse, right? We got married at 85 and she went with me the last two years of the Marine Corps. So yeah, I was, I'm old, 85 to 80. When I served when? The Civil War time. Uh, it, was close, it, was, it was right before World War I is when I joined. Anyways. But she served and she calls herself a military spouse because she was. I mean, she yeah. went through it with me for two years. And let's, yeah, let's take care of the family first before I worry about everything else that's out there. Because I'll help others, but my brothers and sisters and the families come first. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ooh, thank you. Thank you, Mark, for sharing all that. I know, again, Lisa's been patiently sitting there and waiting for her time to shine. <laughs> so I want to transition over to you, Lisa, and talk about sort of what what your friendship has fostered into, which is essentially this partnership to continue to serve veterans and their families. And for you, you do it in a very unique way. You do it as a transformational life coach. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, so... I love working with veterans and Mark has opened my eyes to so many needs within that community. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that Mark and I had started working on is military transitioning to civilian life. And so we are taking on transitioning military and I'm life coaching them. If you want to call it that, I don't know. I don't really call it coaching. I just feel like it's a really great conversation I ask them questions, things that they don't normally think about. Like one guy that I worked with recently, when he was getting out, coming into civilian life, there was just a big fear of what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we have noticed is this guy was in the military for 30 years. And so what does he do now? You know, he doesn't know what to do with this life. And his path when he first came to me was, I got to get a job. I got to keep working. You know, got to do something, got to do something. And through talking to him and about how this was going to affect his family, his finances, and everything else in his life, he decided that that wasn't really his primary thought, his primary path, because he slowed down for a few minutes and realized that there are other things that he could do like volunteering and helping out nonprofits and finding more joy in his life. He's done his service, Mm -hmm. right? He's worked just like anybody else who worked for 30 years. Once you retire, you get to kind of, you know, figure out what you like in your life, what you'd love to do for the rest of of your life. And so it was really awesome to be able to change his perspective Mm -hmm. from, I got to do this, I got to do this, to... Well, I don't really, I can find something I really enjoy doing, you know, find something in life that I love doing. Mm -hmm. And so that was huge. And I worked with him for about four or five weeks. And, you know, he's even said that it was such a turnaround of his thought process from when he first came to me until, you know, we ended our program because I do have a program that I use that you know, has been used for many, many years. It's the company that I got certified with. Mm -hmm. It's about a 12-week program and I kind of mesh it down to about four or five weeks. And, you know, so there's certain things that are really great 
to think about when you're making a transition in your life, whether it is military or not. Mm -hmm. And this program has worked really well for military transitioning to civilian life. So Mark and I are going to expand this program. We've added some other areas because, you know, our biggest goal is to get that 22 number down. Mm. We'd love it to be at zero. And we're working in that path. And one thing that was really, really important that we noticed was support and education. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're working on putting a program together for financial soft skills, career counseling, and other education so that they have a good start from when they step out into civilian life. It gives them a really good start. And then it's really up to them, right? Because like Mark was saying, some people have that drive and some people don't. And at least we're giving them someplace to go to. We're giving them some support. We're giving them some education. And we are really hoping that we can, you know, get a bunch of different military bases to support these veterans as they're coming out of military into civilian life. And another thing that we noticed was it's so important with the family. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I really hadn't even thought about originally. And since I met you, Jen, (laughs) and- um, You're welcome. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you have a great program yourself and getting the education out to others And just some people that you've introduced me to also has really opened my eyes to the need of supporting the family also. Mm -hmm. Because what I was saying to the guy that I had just been working with, every decision that you're making as you come out into civilian life is going to affect your family. Mm -hmm. So the family needs support too. And so I just feel like, you know, my eyes have been opened to so many different areas that need support. And you know, we really want to bridge that gap, you know, so that when they're coming out of the military, they'll have something to focus on. They'll have somebody to support them and to help educate them and their families. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I feel pretty proud of myself <laughs> just for bringing more light to the family <laughs> as a whole. So pat on my back for that. I like that you focus on helping make this mindset shift, right? Because when you think about transition, you think about the TAPS uh, program and it's all about like, oh, how do I get the next job? How do I transition? How do I you know, replace that paycheck? But there has to be a mindset shift in all that process, right? And so I don't know where they're at right now with the whole transition program that the government provides, but until then, it is great to have people such as yourself offering something like this and even helping them in, you know, like four to six weeks. Like I think sometimes we need something that condensed, just like boot camp, I imagine, to really just make that pivot into the civilian life. Like you, I'm just really happy to hear about like the whole family unit support. Again, military family member. Um, <laughs> you know, there are programs making strides to include spouses as part of like taps and different things. And also it's a really hard train. Like I have several friends who are either getting ready to transition out or have recently transitioned out. And especially on the family side, I mean, you're leaving a whole lifestyle too, whether or not you ever put on a uniform, you're leaving a community and a lifestyle and a way of life. And it's all very different. And so to be able to provide support, not only to the veteran, but, but to the family is a really great thing. I think for 
the larger community as a whole and not just the military community, but bridging that gap between military and civilian, because it is very different. And as a military spouse, we tend to straddle that gap because we're technically civilians with a military ID. And so to be able to provide support there to help everyone transition, I think, you know, only makes everybody stronger and everybody's going to succeed, right? Like everybody's going to succeed if they're all getting the support and literally everybody benefits, civilian, military, and the community that those people return to. And I think that's the bigger thing is we kind of forget that like people don't retire and stay in San Diego because that was their last duty station. Like people retire and go back to Richmond, Virginia or Milwaukee, Wisconsin or wherever. And being able to have those skills and return to or move to wherever it is they go is really helpful. So kudos to you guys. Jenny is exactly right. I mean, and, and, and of course what Lisa said is exactly right. It's support for the future. It doesn't guarantee success. But if you understand where you can go to get help or to have help, help before you got out, you have a better chance at success. And that's for you and your spouse and your children all the way through. And you're right, Jenny, moving to Milwaukee or moving to San Diego, wherever you're going to go to, you can take that with you. Education never leaves you. Mm-hmm. I just want to say as a military child who transitioned out like at 10 years old, when we transitioned out after losing my dad, We transitioned to San Diego as if like nothing ever happened, you know, like we didn't talk about dad. We didn't grieve. We didn't really, I mean, we did in our own way. Like I have a Catholic background. I'm born again, Christian today in case anyone's wondering, but you know, we do the rosary and, you know, just kind of grieve in that kind of fashion. But it took me till later in life to kind of pick up the pieces of understanding what happened at that time. And it really took something such as a podcast like this to know what resources are available to me. So I just really want to thank you all, you know, even even you, Jenny Lynn, you know, for the work that you're doing and just your love and support for military families, because the ramifications of even losing a service member, it's like you think about losing the service member, but you don't think about what the family has lost and what they have to, you know, how they end up growing up. You know, me being in San Diego, where a lot of my I mean, I'm in Virginia Beach right now, but like having a lot of friends there who were born, raised there, went to school there and just want to leave San Diego by the time they're 18. Like, I couldn't understand that. Like, I couldn't understand having lifelong friends, you know, because I moved around a lot. And so for a lot of my young life, like I felt like an outsider. I kept to myself, you know, I actually got into online chatting because I actually experienced bullying when I was in middle school. And so I just thought the internet was like a safe space for me. I, I guess that's why I thrive in it today. But anyway even if just having that knowledge, like knowing that there is support, I'm glad for the way that I turned out, but I think I would have turned out a little bit differently, (laughs) you know, had I known that there was some kind of support and that more importantly, my mom was willing to, you know, get that kind of support as well. So, so all in all, I just, I'm just so appreciative of all of this. And part of why I do the show is I feel like I was like, Oh, there's hope for our military families. There's hope for our veterans. There's hope you know, and for the service members that are, you know, active duty today, including military spouses and families and those that transition out, like I continue to like do the show for them, you know, for them to know that they're not alone, you know? So real quickly with you, Mark, let us know, obviously tech for troops is amazing. How can people get involved? What are their options to get involved? Let us know. So in the Virginia area, Richmond area, it's much easier, of course, because we're in Richmond, but I put out a video on on LinkedIn the other day, I think it was yesterday, where a couple, a person in California sent me a box of Cat5 wiring, right? So it's just wire. Mm-hmm. Everybody would think, just throw it in the trash, not a big deal. But it's not, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because the more we throw in the trash, the worse, you know, all that stuff, right? We all talk about it. But this person took 
the time to send me that. And we get boxes in the mail now more often than we ever did. I think partly because words getting out more like through your podcast and others, but that's how partly you can help. The other part is if you're in Richmond, come on by, see the place. I always want to give folks a tour. Yes, I'm proud, but I'm also, I want them to see the impact we're making and how we're doing it and what we're doing and all that stuff that goes into running a company, but come volunteer. Come let me know that you want to be a part of a family and mm-hmm. you know, with open arms. And that's civilian and military, right? Because it takes, I, you can go back to the Hillary Clinton, it takes a village, but it really takes something special to bring people together. And I hope Tech for Troops can be that place one day that folks want to come and volunteer like Lisa does. And then uh, you don't have to be Daddy, Daddy Warbucks if you guys even know who Daddy Warbucks is. But if you're deep pockets or you know somebody who is a veteran-centric person who really wants to support them and they know what they're doing, they have money, right? I'd love to talk to them and see how we can open up other locations Mm. because I look at it this way. If we opened up in Dallas, we could probably serve the 2 million vets that are there and at least 150,000 that are in the surrounding areas, if not more, right? And then there's Fort Hood and Austin. That Mm. corridor there is huge as well. And then, of course, San Antonio, Houston, Miami, just so many places. And, And I know it can be done because everything we do is replicable. We have a process, mm-hmm. it's done, all we gotta do is pick it up, cookie cutter. So mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, that's that's what we're looking for. And, and come on out and see us. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I shamefully have to admit that I haven't toured the place yet. Uh, we had a whole COVID thing last year, right? That's true, that's, that's my excuse. <laughs> There's your excuse right there. For some of us, we're still all in that, i.e. California. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I feel sorry for y'all. Virginia's oh. better off than California right now. I know. I have to admit, I have to admit like one thing I like, you know, for some time I did resent Scott for bringing me out here. I was like, but California. And then as everything happened, I was like, I was like, thank you. And he, and it's a very like bittersweet thank you for him. Cause like I put him through a lot, you know, to like get to that place to say thank you for like kind of seeing the vision ahead of us. And even though I didn't believe it, like now it's like great. And I love it out here, but he had to put a lot, he had to put up with a lot with me, but anyway, it's paid off. So anyway. Lisa, let us know if people, if, if our veterans and families want to reach out to you, what would that look like? What would that process look like for you? Well, right now we're standing up the program mm-hmm. and we are partnering with Tech for Troops. One of the needs we'd like to fulfill right now is to have a couple of people who are active military transitioning, maybe 18 months, 12 months out. Mm-hmm to contact us and give us some ideas on how we could best serve them. Mm. Also, a couple of people who <laughs> have transitioned. Wait, what happened here? Wait a minute. What just, what just happened? I think Jenny had a light bulb went off. I did. Oh. I was like, I know someone. I okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Lisa, go, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to like, I was like, I, I feel like I missed out on something and I, I just like saw it in my peripheral. But okay, Lisa, continue. <laughs> we would also love to have a few people who are in the middle of transitioning and see how they feel about what's going on and what do they need? How can we best support them? Mm -hmm. Because we basically have a program that we think will best support service members transitioning. However, we want to make sure that we can have, you know, different ideas because everybody has a different need, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has a different situation. And they're all individuals and we want to know how we could best serve them. So I was going to say, it's a holistic approach. 
Mm. Right. It's not just tap transitioning out, check the box and goodbye because the military is, and don't take this wrong way. If anybody's listening to this activity, general, general joint chiefs, don't listen to what I'm saying, but you guys don't care when the active duty guys get out. You don't mm-hmm. because the next one's already in their place, taking their place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just a continuous river run, right? The river's always running. There's, you, you don't look at the individual water particles, but you see it's always backfilled with another water particle, right? And that's the military. It has to be yeah. because to be able yeah. to protect us, we have to have a continuous flow. So we want to get in front of that and say, you, you need X, Y, and Z, or we think you need X, Y, and Z. And they're like, no, that's not really, because I already have like 27 houses that I flipped and I have $4 million in the bank, but I'm not really sure what I'm doing with my future. Lisa, come over here and do that, right? So mm-hmm. we want to be able to help flip the mindset and financial if they need financial and family help with what I have, all of that stuff. It's going to be a holistic look, not just one way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I love that. It takes a village, right? It takes a village to help all of us. Um, it takes a base mm. <laughs> instead of a village. There, oh, or, yeah. Military terms. <laughs> yes. I mean. So it's all a community, basically. It is all a community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No matter I, I, yeah. what branch you're from or what your spouse is doing or what your family's doing, it, it's all a community. So we're here mm-hmm. to support. We have a community that's here to support any community coming, you know, out of the military. Beautiful. It's just a big community. All right. Well, thank you all on just kind of ending on this hopeful note here. And of course, to our listeners, we'll be sure to provide Mark and Lisa's contact information in the show notes. Any final parting thoughts from anyone? Mark, anything from you or Lisa just before we go? I'll let Lisa go first. Well, I just want to thank you, Jen and Jenny Lynn, for doing this Mm -hmm. and for helping other people become more aware of the situation that's out there right now with transitioning military with their families and the people that actually do need support Mm -hmm. and for letting us come on and share that we're here to support them. I mean, I just think that's really, really important for us to bridge that gap and you are doing an amazing job with your podcast. So thank you for sharing your time with us. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for saying that. You know, I think that there's a lot of us trying to do are doing good work out there. Sometimes we just need that extra help with getting it become more aware, giving it more exposure. And if that's my role in all of this, then so be it. Well, thank you. Totally Mm -hmm. agree. (laughs) And and even more so, it's been an honor to to be on your podcast. And I'm going to play Marine right now. All right. But anyways, you guys are the best. (laughs) Amazing. Fantastic. You know, really, I I can't say it enough. And anybody out there who's listening, support them. Support them. Thank, right? thank you. Give give your Bitcoin, uh, but but <laughs> or whatever you're gonna do. Wow, right? That's yeah. grand right there. <laughs> you're hilarious, Mark. I love it. I am just really happy to have both of you on for multiple reasons, but one that I noted on my sticky note down here that I was writing on is that you both have such a love for the veteran community, but you aren't both from that community. And I think that's really important for people to hear that a civilian came into the veteran world because you wanted to help. And a veteran is helping the veteran world because they are your people. And I just have a really great affection for that. So thank you both. Mm, Yeah. I don't know if you were about to cry there, Jenny Lynn, but I, I was. I heard. I, I feel like I know now. Lashes are going to come off. 
Thank you both again, Mark and Lisa, for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad I waited for a moment like this to bring you both on. I think it was a really awesome discussion. And of course, Jenny Lynn, thank you for co-hosting with me as always. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. We hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye.